Podcast for January 25th, 2012. The Vegas Gang is a roundtable discussion show for issues related to casinos in Las Vegas, Macau, and the rest of the world. This is the smartest podcast on the entire internet. Let me go around the virtual table and introduce the guys. We've got Chuck Monster, editor in chief and recently retired blogger at VegasTripping.com. What's happening, Chuck? Uh, waiting for my Social Security check to arrive. <laughs> And uh, Dr. Dave Schwartz, the director of UNLV's Center for Gaming Research. Hey, Dave. Hey there. My name's Hunter Hillegas, and I'm at RateVegas.com. We've got a special interview episode today, but first, uh, we wanted to do a little announcement slash thank you. Um, It turns out that this podcast uh, was the winner of the Trippies Award for Best Podcast that was voted on by all of you listeners and all of the people I paid to paid in China to vote for me, um, you know, it's seriously, it's a it's a great honor, uh, especially since the awards are um, chosen by the by the Vegas shipping readers, and it's uh, it's great. And I know Jeff would have been really proud of uh, of the award too. And obviously, you know, such a huge part of that, everything that we did over the past year, and um, so yeah, just wanted to say thank you. And I don't know if either of you guys have anything to add, but I just wanted to make sure to say thanks. We really, really appreciate it. I'm putting odds behind everything that you said, Hunter. I agree with you completely. Good deal. Me too. Uh, yeah. We had to wait for 500 to uh, uh, max out and uh, become ineligible, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, we'll just assume that we would have crushed them anyway, because that's the way I'd rather like to play it. Um, all right, so today we've got an interview with uh, Aaron and Keith from uh, Bally Technologies. I'm going to let them introduce themselves in a minute. Uh, we're really excited to have them. So first off, thank you guys for taking the time to talk with us today. You bet, of course. Sure. Um, so real quick, why don't we introduce both of you so that the listeners know uh, know who you are and what you do. Um, Aaron, why don't we start with you? Uh, what do you What do you do at Bally? What's your What's your job description there, and how long have you been with the company? Sure. So uh, my name is Aaron Ezra. Um, I joined Bally back in July. Um, Keith and I had uh, uh, formed a company called MacroView Labs. And uh, in the middle of July, Bally purchased MacroView Labs. And MacroView's focus was on uh, mobile app and mobile website design for all sorts of different uh, types of organizations uh, with a big focus on the casino world. And uh, here at Bally, I head up a lot of the sort of mobile initiatives that we have at the company. So decisions that we make about uh, mobile gaming, decisions we make about the mobile platform, uh, the sort of uh, custom bespoke apps that uh, that we create for different uh, casinos. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Keith Michael. I'm the uh, director of mobile technology uh, here at Bally. Uh, and I lead a team of developers uh, who build and maintain um, the backend systems and the, uh, the web portals and the, the actual apps that get installed on everyone's mobile devices. Right. Sure. Great. Um, so did Bally have any um, mobile presence before they uh, hooked up with you guys or was them acquiring your company really their way of getting things started? Uh, Bally did actually have a, a very strong presence in the mobile space and um, really was interested in accelerating a lot of the things that they already had going on with 
um, new code base, additional customers coming in, uh, and some of the capabilities that uh, MacReview had built separately. So uh, now with the kind of marriage of the two organizations, it's really enabled us to take a lot of the best things that we developed at MacReview and a lot of the things that Bally already had going on um, and, and bring those two things together. We are now able to add a lot more game content, able to do a lot more really exciting work on this, from a systems perspective to integrate a lot of the things uh, that uh, Bally has uh, been developing and, and, and has uh, deployed over the years. Yeah, I would imagine since there's you know a pretty wide catalog of intellectual property that the company has, being able to draw from that gives you all kinds of new possibilities as far as what you can offer. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's actually really exciting to uh, get a chance to look at it from sort of an uh, an intellectual perspective to figure out how to make all of the puzzle pieces fit together. And certainly from a um, sales perspective, it's really fun getting a chance to talk to uh, people about all of the neat things that we have going on. Um, uh, looking at the, just looking around the Valley website as I was doing some prep for this interview, I didn't realize that I, it, that I believe it's the oldest slot company in the world. Is that right? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Um, you know, we uh, we just celebrated our 80, yeah our 80th anniversary. Uh, sent over the uh, CEO uh, to ring the bell at the uh, stock exchange, and so um, uh, it's it has a very very long and storied history of uh, creating some 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 pretty great titles. Sort of um, in a general sense, any specific games that customers might. Realize, recognize if they've been roaming around the casino. I think some of our listeners probably uh, are pretty well versed as far as you know. This game is from this manufacturer. This game is from another. But are there any specifics that uh, might stand out that they would uh, that they would know? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, some of the uh, games that they'd probably recognize are things like uh, Cash Spin, uh, Code Red. Um, the Michael Jackson game uh, that is uh, just getting rolled out now, uh, Grease, a um, whole lot of uh, uh, pretty exciting titles. And we're, we're working really hard from a mobile perspective to take as many of those titles as we can and, and really uh, pick some of the best of those and put them directly on, um, uh, directly on people's phones and mm-hmm. iPads. Um, as far as – now, I know you guys also supply a lot of products outside of what – just the games that the customers see on the floor. What kind of back end house and back end stuff do you got? Are you involved in? It's sort of. A, I mean, that's probably could potentially be a really long answer, but sort of in a really general sense. Yeah. Um, well, you know, before we joined Bally, we actually uh, served um, a lot of different industries and still do actually. So, uh, in the hospitality industry, you know, we would integrate with a back end uh, reservation booking system. Uh, or to the restaurant's uh, reservation system uh, to allow for uh, an end user to make those reservations, check on their reservations, or, or get in touch with uh, with the property right from the device and uh, right from the app so that they didn't have to go to the app and go to the website, go back and forth. So um, those kinds of integrations are becoming more and more par for the course um, in, in the mobile industry. You know, two, three years ago, you'd, you'd be lucky to see anything like that, and now it's becoming kind of standard. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing here at Bally now is, um, you know, Bally has one of the largest uh, existing portfolios of systems, uh, you know, uh, casino systems customers uh, in the world. And so doing those kinds of back-end integrations and, and uh, allowing the end user to access their players' club information 
uh, interact with um, offers and promotions that are um, that are generated through Bally Systems is something that uh, that we're bringing to market this year. And there are so many different uh, system products that we have to offer, from bonusing systems, loyalty club programs, marketing systems. You know, it, it just runs the 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 gamut. There are are many many different products that um, are successfully deployed today and we're hard at work to make sure that there is a mobile front end to as many of those different products as we can. Mm-hmm. So I've got a question for you. How are these products that you're rolling out going to change the way people really interact with the casino and the way um, people's time goes in the casino? So um, they're already changing. Uh, it's really exciting getting a chance to walk around at uh, some of the properties that have deployed our apps already where they have 100,000, 150,000 or more users, uh, uh, some, in some cases over half a million people using their mobile apps and mobile sites. Um, and you see a, a real change in the way that people actually will often explore and experience the property. Before their visit, um, they might use the app in a way that uh, is kind of akin to how they might use a website. They might use it to help plan their trip or help figure out, you know, um, who's who's uh, playing in a show or what games are there. Um, but during their visit, there's a real difference between how people mo- would use a website and a mobile app. Um, during a visit to a casino, somebody might not ever use the casino's mo- uh, regular website. Whereas their mobile app, they might use a dozen plus times during a single visit to remember where they parked their car to and get directions back to that point, to buy tickets to a show, to make a restaurant reservation, or uh, check if there's a certain you know vegetarian item on the menu. They might use it to preview a certain game or unlock um, uh, some kind of bonusing uh, excitement that's going on at the property where uh, there's an ability for them to participate in a trivia game or scavenger hunt or a raffle or some other kind of contest. Uh, they'd use it to uh, trace a path to get from the front desk to, say, their, uh, to the blackjack table, and they could actually see a line appear on the map to let them know where to go. And there's so many different things like that that we see on a day-to-day basis. And so um, we think that it really serves to augment the experience of the person uh, not only before and after their visit, but also during their visit to the property. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually an iOS developer. I have an iOS app on the app store that's, uh, related to Las Vegas. So I'm going to try and not geek out too much on the technical specifics and totally alienate the audience completely. What's your app? Uh, it's called Vegas mate. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but I wanted to talk about mobile hardware, uh, a little bit. So since the iPhone came out in 2007, we've definitely seen smartphone, smartphones becoming more and more mainstream. Um, and so what I'm wondering is, will we see, in your view, will we, will we see mobile gaming come to us uh, on Android and iOS and other mobile OSs, or are we going to see it through custom hardware like we've seen at some places, like I think the Venetian has some custom gizmo deployed for doing some, some gaming stuff? Yeah, I think that that has a lot to do with, um, with regulation, right? So I, I think that you know, the government is trying to keep up with technology, um, whether or not they're doing a good job at that, uh, I'll leave that for the listeners to decide. Um, but, you know, to, to be able to, you know, what we're doing right now on our, you know, widely distributed cross-platform uh, apps are free play gaming uh, in the United States because that's not regulated. You know, it's a simulation. There's no real money uh, changing hands. Um, but once you get into, you know, 
actual money um, that's being uh, exchanged uh, between the end user and the operator, um, then, you know, the government regulations kick in. And so, you know, things like sports book betting has been one of the things that has been on the forefront of getting approved, um, being on specific devices that are maintained by the property uh, that are set up to uh, adhere to certain geofencing restrictions um, within the property so that they know that it's the, the, the gambling is actually happening on property. Uh, you know, those types of things, those, that code is actually passing through regulations uh, uh, approval. And to get, you know, mainstream, widely distributed apps to that point, it's going to take, it's going to take a couple iterations of the law. And, and I think, you know, what, what we try to do in the interim is really make sure that we're deploying um, a wide range of different solutions out there. You know, we have both mobile websites, for example, but we also have uh, native apps, uh, you know, native iPhone apps, native Android apps, native iPad apps, native BlackBerry apps when a customer wants it. Um, and, uh I think in the short term, especially, you'll con- continue to see a lot of fragmentation. Mm-hmm. So you sort of touched on one of the things I wanted to ask next, which was sort of this this uh, balance between regulation and innovation. Uh, you know, you've got an industry moving as quickly as smartphones are, and then you have the relatively heavy regulation of gaming in states like Nevada. So are is are innovation and regulation opposed? And and you. <clears throat> is it how big of an issue is that for you guys when you want to move the state of the art forward? Well, you know, I think that um, regardless of whether uh, where you are on the spectrum of thinking regulation is uh, that more regulation is needed or less regulation is needed, it's a fact of life. And right. so um, rather than making a judgment call on whether or not it's good or bad, our view of it is to make sure that the two are working very closely together. Um, you know, we make sure that we uh, let the regulators know what we think and that we're giving input where uh, where it's wanted. Um, we try to educate them about the challenges that we see, about the opportunities that are out there. Uh, and so, I, you know, I think it's a I think it's it's a healthy balance in in, in terms of making sure that we are. Um, pushing the envelope and giving consumers what they want to see, but also making sure that we're doing so in a responsible way that is, uh, um, you know, obviously not taking advantage of anyone. I think there's a very telling example, actually, uh, having to do with with that sports book um, on property device gambling. Um, you know, the regulation had, uh, you know, been interpreted in such a way that and I, again, I won't try to geek out too much here either. But um, but certain uh, certain things had to be done on the device to allow for the um, geography uh, validation uh, to be successfully accepted by uh, the government regulators, and that just t- wasn't technically possible with Apple's right uh, with Apple's SDK right. Um, Android, on the other hand, you know, allowed you to do a certain number of things in the background and allowed you to access some location information that Apple did not. So those apps were rolled out on Android, you know, right. where, you know, people probably would have wanted to, to have them on, uh, on an array of devices. Uh, they were forced into using uh, one of the platforms that allowed you to do some things that the others didn't. So it sounds like you guys are uh, have a fairly good uh, dialogue with regulators on these issues is that a fair representation is it is there some good back and forth as far as you know the the 
the companies in the field that are making these devices and the and the folks that are making the regulation? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Keith and I aren't the people who right. have the, those types of conversations, um, but that that certainly, you know, I think those those are dialogues that happen between all of the uh, the, the folks manufacturing these types of uh, these types of devices, especially when you look at, you know. A company's the size of Bally's and some of our competitors. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of uh, dialogue that happens there as, you know, both sides try to educate each other about what's going on and, and have open forums to discuss what's happening. Um, but that's that's uh, that's not our day to day job as much. So we're probably not the best folks to uh, to speak to the details of that. Well, it's just I think it's uh, comforting in general just to know that there are there is dialogue going on. You just hear so many horror stories about government bureaucracy being so detached from, you know, commercial interests. It's nice to hear that at least there's some evidence of somebody talking to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, So for years and years, it really felt like uh, when you would go to something like G2E, you know, I always felt like that the year of um, server-based slots was going to be like next year. They used for, for like five years in a row, it was like, this is the year of server-based slots. And it never seemed to, I mean, I, now we're seeing them on some slot floors like Aria and Cosmopolitan and some other places, but it took a long time for it to materialize from the promise to reality. And I'm wondering if you see parallels in mobile or if that is not, I mean, is the year of mobile gaming now, is it two years from now? Is it five years from now? Well, you know, for us, we see um, mobile, you know, gaming is kind of the crown jewel of our feature set. But we see mobile as more than just gaming. Um, and we think that the time uh, is now for mobile, uh, for casinos to really embrace mobile. Because, yes, gaming is is huge. It's, a, it's a, you know, one of the key defining elements of our industry, of course. Uh, and so that's part of the reason that we have spent, have spent so much effort, so much time, uh, so many resources to um, continue to bring great new titles to life uh, uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the various mobile apps that we create. But I don't, you know, I don't think that that's the only thing that we should be doing. And so right now, as we have for the last you know, a couple of years already, we have been rolling out very, very successful solutions at casinos all around the country uh, that allow them to interact with their guests, that allow their guests to, um, you know, see things like Players Club information, to see their point balances and levels, to see things like um, what their friends are doing, interact with social media via the, uh, uh, the apps, interact with um, uh, again, the dynamic mapping functionality, uh, and, and, you know, interact with other people at the casino so that they can have a kind of more fun experience while they're there. So, uh, you know, I think that it's, you're right. A lot of people are often wrong when they make a prediction about now is when X is going to happen or Y is going to happen. But I, I think that when you look at the numbers over 700,000 Android devices activated every day, uh, something like you know about four hundred thousand iOS devices activated a day or more. Um, you know it is unmistakable that mobile is here to stay and is continuing to grow and grow and grow and is going to be a bigger and bigger focus for um, casino properties and other industries moving forward. Um, one of the things that has really propelled the growth of some internet startups like Facebook and. Twitter and to even to some degree Google is sort of the concept of an API, basically the ability of other developers outside of the company 
being able to access their service in a programmatic way. And so with Twitter, we've seen a ton of different clients doing different things. We've seen websites to integrate with Twitter. Uh, Facebook has an entire platform that allow people to build applications on top of it. Do you see any opportunity there for um, for your company and for companies, your competitors? Will we see APIs for some of this stuff where an outside developer could could create an application that could interact with some of these backend systems that are in place at some of these properties, or is that just never going to happen? Well, it's interesting. I think traditionally, you know, the casino industry is one of closed data systems. Um, and, and that was one thing that we um, had to figure out uh, when we joined the company because we are all about cloud computing, open architecture, publicly available information, whereas the clients that we're dealing with now day to day, you know, their systems are locked down, they're on property, player data never leaves the property, it's actually regulated legally never to never to leave the property. So kind of bridging that gap in general um, is a challenge that, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, our competitors and, and we will be solving over the next couple of years. And as for making any of that information, you know, available to the public to, to kind of use and manipulate in different ways, it's an interesting idea, but I think it's one that is still a ways out in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, I, I think about in, from my own perspective, there are some of these, I mean, some of these systems that would be great to be able to interact with, to be able to give, uh, to provide interesting services to the customers that, for whatever reason, you know, the casino doesn't maybe think that they're a priority for them to develop internally, but there's some some interesting mashup that could be done that could really be beneficial to the customer. And of course, you know, right now it's pretty much, there's pretty much no access except for some, in some cases, to some of the booking systems. Um, and even then it's relatively limited. So, you know, I... Your answer is pretty much what I was expecting, and I think I agree with you. But man, I think it would be—I think you could see some really interesting, um, some really interesting stuff come out of that. If at some point there's a way to make it work for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's all—it all comes down to to money at the end of the day, right? So right. if there's a way for the operator, you know, if they think that they can make money by by making more information publicly accessible, then they'll have a motivation to do it. Well, and also I think from a uh, not only from a regulatory standpoint, but there's also, I think, often um, because there's so much personal information about right. uh, about their loyalty club members, et cetera, there's um, concern that, well, geez, you know, we don't want to do something that could potentially uh, increase our risk of getting right. hacked or this information being available to people. So, uh, you know, I think, yes, Keith's right. That's part of the motivation. But another big part is, you know, they don't want to mess something up mm-hmm. uh, and suddenly see their names on the front page. Of <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, there's, there was an interesting um, thread about this uh, in the news this week about you know what information Facebook and Twitter make available to search engine crawlers right. like Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree with some of the people who said it all comes down to the, the contract that the organization made with the customer, you know, Twitter's uh, implicit agreement with their customers that their information is public. Right. And if you tweet it out to the world, then it can be indexed and and returned in results. Whereas Facebook, (laughs) 
Well, more it, tenuous, it, right? That's a question mark. Certainly a gray area, but I believe the implication is that the inform- is that more information is supposed to be private, and right. so uh, you know, locking out Google searches, um, you know, is probably the right thing to do. Right. <clears throat> no, definitely. Face that situation with Facebook and privacy is clearly a very fluid and uh, ongoing conversation that they seem to be having with uh, the rest of the world. Yes. Um, so that's actually a great segue to talk about social stuff a little bit. Uh, there was this recently been a story in the news about one of your competitors that's buying into social gaming. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, how, how important is Facebook as a partner as you guys start to plan out and think about what's going to be coming in the future? You know, I think that what we're trying to do is make sure that we um, stay in close touch with a lot of the uh, a lot of the important players, uh, including our competitors, and really kind of keeping pace with what's happening, making sure that, um, you know, from a social perspective, our games continue to become more and more socially friendly. Uh, when we uh, lo- sort of announced the launch of uh, Bally Interactive, uh, Bally Interactive encompasses three different elements, uh, the mobile element, the sort of internet interact, uh, internet gaming element, and then a social element as well. So um, we do think that social is really uh, going to in- increasingly be an important consideration in uh, the products that we're developing and in um, actually the way that we develop our products moving forward. Interesting. Can you expand on that last bit a little bit? Well, you know, I think that um, we're trying to uh, we're trying to do a lot to make sure that um, the games are as fun as possible, and that we're doing some really neat things uh, uh, with social to make it easy for uh, people to interact uh, with each other in some some pretty exciting ways. And so um, that's something where you'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> we will be uh, releasing uh, some more examples of that uh, uh, in the future, but uh, certainly it's something that all of us here are paying a lot of attention to. In in my extremely a uh, scientific sample of me and a couple of friends. Um, and th- looking at slot machines, so I'm I'm 32 years old, and I don't personally find much allure in slot machines. And I compare that to um, maybe a, someone that's a generation older uh, and who, who who seems to be more drawn to them. And one of the reasons that I, I've thought about this probably more than I uh, nor than I should have, but I'm just wondering what's the difference there? Is it just my own personal preference? But honestly, I think part of it is that the games. A lot of the games that I don't necessarily seem targeted at people in my age group, and um, it, especially someone that has you know grown up on on video games and um, has is you know carrying a smartphone and a tablet and whatever other devices around, they they don't necessarily feel like they're targeted at me. And so I'm curious, you know, some of these some of these uh, potential social components. I mean, I could imagine a whole range of possible features, though, again, I'm definitely not up to speed on what is allowed uh, via through regulation, but stuff like sure. being able to post, uh, when you, if you won a jackpot, and optionally being able to post that to Facebook somehow, or taking a photo of the winner as they won the game, just some of these stuff that just somehow bridge this, this gap between internet land and um, the traditional slot machine um, to maybe make them a little bit more compelling to people like me. Yeah, you know, I think that... Um... There are a lot of theories about why certain demographics tend to really love certain games and others uh, tend to grow into those games later. Um, slots tend to be one of those types of games where, um, you know, you look at who plays that. Again, very often um, it is certain demographics that tend not to be kind of the 
the younger 20 something folks or whatever. Um, I think that you are seeing more and more titles that are trying to do some pretty cool things to appeal uh, to those people. Uh, we have uh, some great new games coming out uh, uh, that are doing that. One game in particular that I really like is called Total Blast, which um, is kind of a throwback to a lot of the... Uh, like Asteroids. Yeah, oh, okay. Space Invader type games where you can mm-hmm. be like shooting things. And so there's some really neat dynamics where it, it doesn't just involve a... Um, uh, you know, pure by chance slot game, but right. there's also a bonus game on top of it that's more kind of uh, skill based and 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 um, you know adds that additional element that you're probably talking about into it. Well, that's one thing that we're learning. You know, as we get deeper and deeper into these, uh, you know, into these game design uh, issues, is that the amount of interactivity that is even allowed mm-hmm, right. regulations is is very limiting you know right. so uh, the fact that you're just you know pulling the lever or or tapping a button that's by yeah, design yeah right. you, can't, you can't be you, you can't be awarded my understanding at least is right. that you can't be awarded money based on skill it has mm-hmm. to be based on chance and mm-hmm. so that defines uh, a lot of parts of the game um, but then you also look at sort of what you know, some of the uh, demographics who really love playing slot machine games, you look at what they love to do and you look at the amount of time that they may have available in the day versus the amount of time that you may have available in the day. And, you know, it's a it's a different mix. People are looking for different things at different stages of their life. And it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens, you know, as time progresses and, and the generation that was brought up on playing interactive video games right. now it gets to the point where they're spending more time right, right. Uh, and, and have more disposable income to spend at casinos, uh, how that changes uh, the game, so to speak. It's. I think I agree. I think it's going to be really fascinating to see sort of the mix of games that are offered over the next decade or so and how and uh, what what becomes popular and how um, you know both the offerings from manufacturers like you guys, but also how some of this regulation may evolve too to make sure that you guys are able to create games that make sure, keep you competitive and that are offering what the customer wants. Because I I've heard that too, you know, and I, I like I said I'm no regulation expert, but yeah, it's, that's my understanding is is that a lot a lot of that can't can't really be done um, just because that's the way the way it's set up, and so you know I can. The regulations are there for good reason, and keeping the customer protected and keeping the operator protected are extremely important. Making sure the games are fair is extremely important. But sometimes it may seems maybe a little bit frustrating when you've got some great idea and you're like, "Oh, we can't do that because of X Y Z rule." So I don't know. I, I hope we see some. Uh, I'm just I'm just glad people are thinking about it and talking about it, and hopefully that continues to be the case. All I know is that if they let us. Start to bet money on Angry Birds. My son is <laughs> killing. And, and, uh, but Apple will want 30%. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That, that opens up my question uh, for you guys. Uh, the elephant in the room, or more specifically, the fruit-shaped gorilla, uh, Apple. Pornography is legal. It's legal everywhere. Uh, you can look at it. You can buy it. You can do everything with it. Apple won't let it on their app store. There's, I think, I think uh, the possibilities of you guys getting Apple to put gambling apps that, that take actual money is zero. It's not going to happen. And add on top of it that there's a 30% cut that Apple takes, not only on the purchase of the app, but on every in-app purchase. 
to me, it seems like you guys have been that iOS has essentially been eliminated for you. Do you have a plan for that? Are you, are you, you guys have lawyers working with Apple to try and change their mind, even if gambling does become legal? You know, I think that, um, well, first of all, we have tremendous respect for Apple. I think, um, you know, the mobile world as we know it today would not exist without the infrastructure that they created. And, you know, they will continue to set the tone in many ways, um, you know, lead the pack. Certainly uh, just yesterday they announced or the day before their their uh, uh, their overall revenue numbers. And it's astronomical. Right. It was the second highest revenue uh, of any quarter in any company's history, not technology, right. not anything but yeah. ever. And so, you know, the ability to um, – I don't think you can have a mobile strategy without Apple be, being a very large part of that. Having said that, uh, there are multiple players out there. And we take the uh, position that it's important to make sure that you are, um, for a, an operator, that they are deploying solutions across a range of different platforms. From our perspective, we're working on making sure that we are able to bring the most robust experience possible to the player. Uh, and depending on – we can't tell the player what device they can use. That that individual player is going to sometimes have an iPhone, sometimes have an Android phone, sometimes not have a phone at all. Uh, and so what we're just trying to do is make sure that we are giving players the optimum experience for what their device can support. So if their device can support, has a fantastic processor and happens to be on an infrastructure that is uh, more comfortable with uh, mobile gaming in the future once uh, more of uh, the regulatory hurdles are overcome, great. That's wonderful. Um, if not, if they're using another device, you know, we can give a different experience. And so, you know, we're not kind of betting the farm on one strategy or another. We're really, really working on making sure that we're helping our customers to bridge that fragmentation gap and serve up experiences for that individual user's machine. There's also the question of handling payments, not just incoming payments, but outgoing payments. Should any – who, with Android being so decentralized and Apple being so centralized – how, how is it possible to even guarantee that should a player win, of course they're not going to, but should a player win on these, on these games, how are they going to actually get paid? And is Apple going to take a 30% uh, cut on the, on the return to the player? There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing in the Apple uh, mobile that actually lets uh, a publisher of an app or something send funds back to a player. Yeah, I think that uh, I think the the other shoe has not fallen uh, uh, there yet. I think mobile payments in general, you know, is an immature uh, uh, part of the industry, and I think that these shared wallets, mobile wallets, um, there's so much focus and attention on it, but it is totally in its infancy. Uh, I think that you're right that it may be someone outside of. Uh, Apple or Google or or Microsoft that that controls that space or has a lead in that space, just as you know PayPal has has carved out uh, a niche for themselves. Uh, Netteller, Netteller in the in the poker days, Netteller was the primary uh, fund transfer for online poker. 
Right. So there are these other players that set up these these transaction based uh, ecosystems, and I think that um, that it might be an outside player that comes uh, that comes to or the a series of different players that are working together. I mean, I think that there could, I think there will very well be um, many different ways of accomplishing this um, and different competing systems, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, what we have seen so far is that there are a lot of different players who jump in. Uh, there's a lot of fragmentation. And then that sort of settles down a little bit as the bigger pl- the bigger players get even bigger and bigger and more established. And, and we'll probably see something similar there. As <clears throat> Since we're on the topic of platforms a little bit, I'm just, you, you know, you mentioned Microsoft. Do you guys see Windows Phone as um, something that you're keeping an eye on? Do you have any products deployed on Windows Phone? We're we're definitely keeping an eye on it, um, and we do have some products deployed, actually. Um, right, but we you know we think we we were surprised uh, that they uh, they came out with such low U.S. sales numbers uh, recently. I think it was under two percent uh, of new smartphone sales in December uh, were on the Windows Phone Seven platform. We expected that to start taking off in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think. Um, that there's more to be to be said about that story. I actually really like the Windows Phone Seven uh, user interface. I think it's a worthy addition, um, uh, you know, as a competitor to to the big two. Um, but it just hasn't gotten a foothold yet. I, I expect that they will be doing better. But I, I nobody really knows how long that's going to take. Right. And our our feeling about it is that once they do really start to gain quite a bit more momentum, then we'll uh, we'll be putting out a broader range of products on uh, on that platform as well. But you know, for now, it just doesn't make sense for most of the operators to spend a whole lot of money on something that so few people are are, are using. Right. Sure. Um. So I'm sort of a broad general question here. If, if you were, and I'll, I'll ask each of you guys to respond if that's okay. If you're going to put on your guessing hat, what do you think is going to be the next big thing for gaming technology? Is it mobile? Uh, if not, something else? And if it is mobile, you know, what do you see beyond even that? I'd love to just get a general idea of where you see sort of the big, the big ideas in gaming technology going for people that, uh, you know, maybe they're, <clears throat> they're, most basic interaction with it is just playing a slot machine. Where in you know what are we going to see out out on the horizon? Well, I think um, one of the things that uh, we pay a lot of attention to in, in the mobile world, at least, is what some of the other um, you know what the manufacturers are doing. So you know you look at something like uh, near field communications and what's happening there, and and some of the possibilities that that brings up for, uh, payments and for, uh, exchanging information, really, really cool stuff, really exciting. Um, you look at, uh, some of the new things going on with, uh, being able to read and input information through, uh, taking a picture on the phone and then having that process, whether they be QR codes or virtual postcards or all sorts of cool stuff that we can do there. I think we'll see a lot more of that. Um, I expect to see a lot more interaction between um, the user and the user's environment as that person is walking around. So uh, the ability to say, okay, I see what's on you know, this particular slot game uh, right now, but I can hold up my phone to it and then get way more information about that, pay tables, videos, whatever it is that I happen to be interested in seeing. Um, same holds for you know if a casino has a big 
you know, meeting center or something like that, being able to um, interact in some pretty exciting ways with other people attending that meeting and pull up information about the speaker as the speaker is uh, uh, presenting. You know, so I, I, I think there's going to be just a lot more of that interactivity that uh, that that happens. Um, and then, I, I, you know, one of the other things that we're trying to pay a lot of attention to and, and stay on top of, of course, is, you know, all of the, those different social aspects that we've already touched on and, and how we think that that's going to be uh, changing the overall user experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I can answer. After Aaron <laughs> just took 20 answers. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw in um, uh, mapping as, as, a, as still a very, very hot area mm-hmm. uh, for mobile and as an extension, you know, to our clients uh, in the casino world. Um, you know, I think that uh, we've been able to do so much with outdoor mapping using right. GPS technologies uh, over the past uh, five years since since these things really started to take off. But indoor mapping, indoor mapping is is the next thing, and and you know, there's already it, it is a hot, very very hot industry. Lots of different companies being started, um, just focusing on that. The big dogs focusing on it as well. With Google, you know, introducing their indoor mapping right. technology, and Apple threatening to do their own thing. So, um, I, I think, and of course, Bally having a very, very robust solution as well. <laughs> right, right. So, I, so I think that that's a really hot area because um, you know a, a lot of us spend a lot of time indoors, and uh, right. and certainly in the casino world where you're in, you know, potentially, you know, a basement surrounded by steel walls. Uh, uh, where they don't want you near windows, so you don't know what time of day it is. Um, you know, I think that that's going to become something that's very, very hot. Oh, I uh, I agree with you a thousand percent on that one. Um, it's it's really encouraging to see stuff like you know Google with what they were showing off at um, surrounding around CES with some of the internal indoor mapping stuff they were doing, and I can't wait for that to be more fully deployed and to. Uh, to really, to really work everywhere, more or less. It's going to be pretty amazing, I think, when we can do all the amazingly accurate stuff we can do outside, when we can do that inside. It's going to be, I think, a real game changer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, sort of a silly question uh, for each of you guys. Again, what kind of phone are you carrying around in your pocket? What do you use? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, is that, uh, you, you have multiple phones. I do. <laughs> I, I have an iPhone, uh, 4S, uh, which, uh, I will be honest is my pride and joy. Uh, and I do have, uh, you know, also an, uh, an Android phone. It's a Samsung galaxy. Uh, and I've got, uh, a Microsoft, uh, Lumina. Oh, nice. So you're, you're, uh, you've got them all. Yeah. I got to do a lot of testing. Yeah, no, I know the I know the feeling. I I'm pretty much only on iOS, but I have a drawer here with eight iPhones in it, so I yeah. uh, I definitely know what that's all about. Yeah, 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 same same with me. You know, we we end up juggling around so many different devices that um, you know, even as we've been talking to you, uh, uh, both of us have been scrambling because we've had multiple phones ringing that after <laughs> we turned, you know, all four or five of them off. There were two or three others that have been uh, 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 popping up. So, um, <laughs> but it keeps it fun though. It keeps it fun. Although I do feel like a big nerd when I, uh, arrive somewhere at a meeting and start taking out one phone after another, after another, after another. It's, it's with, uh, you know, it's, with you've got like cloud-based notifications of some kind, you know, there's sometimes when I'll have like four or five devices all notify me of the same event at the same time. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. And then when you have the tablet and the computer and the phones and just, yeah, everything's chiming and chirping. Yeah. Um, 
we've talked a lot about customer-facing stuff, but you guys do a lot of back-of-house stuff and a lot of mobile stuff, too, from what I was reading. Um, can you talk about that at all? What kind of solutions uh, these casinos will deploy, uh, mobile solutions they'll deploy for their employees? So that's a big piece that uh, a big piece of what we do. You know, we we've been mostly focused on those patron uh, um, uh, apps where uh, you know the guest is able to download it and interact with everything that the brand has to offer. But employee focused apps, we think, are going to increasingly be a very very um, key part of most property strategies. You know, when you when you actually look at uh, what a lot of these folks will do is they'll create a uh, They'll create like a, an intranet, but so much of uh, the employee base is dealing cards all day or right. cleaning or they're you know, serving food or whatever it is. Um, and a lot of those people don't have their own computer, but most of those people do have their own phone. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to actually create a mobile intranet experience for folks using their devices where they can log in, they can access information, get Back of the house maps, messages from their uh, their boss, all sorts of uh, good stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, schedule shifts if they want to, and so um, yeah, I think that that's that's going to be uh, an increasingly large portion of uh, what ends up happening for organizations. Um, it's surprising how few organizations have gone down that path just yet, but I think that we'll see a lot more growth with uh, uh, with that in the future. How how big of a challenge is it interfacing with all the back of house systems that these casinos have? I mean, the impression that I've got from talking to employees and uh, people that work there, and in some cases, even seeing some of the infrastructure they put in place, is that there's a myriad of systems. Some of them very old, some of them uh, you know less so, but it's kind of runs the gamut from AS four hundreds to you know uh, Windows servers and everything in between. Um, how hard is it for you guys to get your job done when you have to talk to all these disparate systems that in some cases may be ancient? Well, and keep in mind, too, that it's not just the uh, sort of primary casino systems, but it's also the system that they use to make spa reservations or the ticketing system that they are partnering with or um, the system that they're using to um, you know, allow employees to be able to check their payroll information and a million other things that are just <laughs> out there and, and in the properties. And so uh, a, a big part of what we do is really help the um, uh, casino to really kind of understand what the options are, understand where they can get the most bang for the buck. Often we'll create a phased approach where we say, all right, where do we want to focus first? Let's uh, get some early wins here and then we can uh, then we can always grow it and add some additional interfaces in the future. And there are certain shortcuts we can sometimes take around interfaces if they don't want a true deep integration to, you know, any myriad of those different systems that might be out there. Um, so, you know, we try to we try to give the folks a lot of different options and uh, kind of give them the power to decide what they want to interface with and when. And, and one huge advantage we have now uh, being a part of Bally as opposed to an independent company um, is that we now have at our, uh, uh, you know, in our arsenal, all the engineers that help install uh, <coughs> right. you know, all these systems in a thousand different properties. Uh, so, you know, we have the experience in-house now that we can draw on uh, to bring those, you know, those interfaces and solutions to mobile. And you know, hopefully be like, hey, guys, you know, next time you're doing a release, it'd be really great if we could get this shoved in there and it would really make our <laughs> lives easier. Uh, I, I have said that on occasion. <laughs> um, 
I, I think I've, I've got one more question. It's another sort of silly question, but I was going to let Chuck um, chime in if he's got anything else. I think I, I think I've got it covered. Okay, I have one last really dumb question for you guys, and um, so this is it. How, how often, when you tell people that you work at Bally, how often do they think you work at Bally's? <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, I'll, I'm from the Northeast, so people tend to think that I work for the health fitness company, right? <laughs> um, instead of <laughs> instead of the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I, I had uh, when when we found out kind of the, the news that we were joining Bally and everything. And, um, I let uh, a number of my uh, friends kind of know about it. Um, there was definitely a lot of confusion. <laughs> People were like, I didn't know you did all of that stuff. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's nice now kind of being right in, in, uh, in Las Vegas as we are, everybody knows Bally and, and right, so sure. the world, it's a whole different story. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely very fun being part of an organization where we can sit across the table and people aren't worrying if our little startup is still going to be in business right. uh, in a year. Right. Sure. So, uh, uh, so that's, that's been really fun and rewarding. Were you guys in Vegas before or did you move as part of that acquisition process? Uh, we both moved actually. So I was in San Francisco uh, in our office there and Keith was in our Boston office. Great. Awesome. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough. This was really, really interesting. Um, I was, I was totally fascinated. I'm sure that our listeners will be too. Um, you know, sort of, it's great to talk to people that are sort of at the intersection of technology, but also the casino stuff. Um, we don't get a lot of, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about casino operators and the stuff they're doing on the gaming floor and the hotel towers they're building. And we don't spend that much time talking about technology. And I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk to you guys and uh, get some of that info because I think it's really, really fascinating. Well, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. It's, uh, it's, it's really fun for us to uh, geek out with a fellow developer. Like, so. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Well, we, I'm sure that we could have really geeked out if we wanted to, but I don't think anyone would still be listening. It's <laughs> a different show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Man, wasn't that a great interview? Oh, so awesome. good. So good. I, really, I, I learned a lot, and I hope you guys all really enjoyed it. It was a nail-biter. Oh, man. You know, it's like, I'm going to have to go back and listen again, because I didn't think I even caught everything. I'm sorry for putting my foot in my mouth. <laughs> Another dumb question. <laughs> well, we, we can always count on you for the oddball questions. Um, so, to close out our episode today, I just wanted to do our uh, normal Sure Bets segment here, where we share something with you all that we think you might enjoy. Um, it doesn't have to be casino related, but it certainly can be. Um, I, I've got one to share, uh, but uh, Dr. Dave, how about you? Do you got something for us today? Yeah, sure. I'm going to give you the Fresh Beat Band, which is a kind of monkeys for toddlers uh, show that's on Nick Jr. And it's actually pretty good. It's a lot of fun. Very high energy music. I just did an interview today with the folks, the actors who play the performers in the Fresh Beat Band, and they're coming to Vegas February 18th. So if you're going to be in Vegas, then you can catch them at the Planet Hollywood's uh, Performing Arts Theater. And they've also got a very special episode coming out this Friday where they kind of do their take on the Wizard of Oz. So you can flash back to MGM Grand circa 1995 or not. And they've also got a CD coming out on January 31st. So it's pretty cool stuff. So go ahead. And if you just want to get a glimpse into the mind of Dr. Dave, go to the Amazon page where you got the little samples of it and just 
keep playing them one after the other after the <laughs> other, and you'll know what it's like to be me. Um, speaking of toddler-related items, uh, I don't think we've had a show since you launched your other website. Do you want to quickly plug that? Yeah, it's called Viva Top Vegas, and it's your guide to how to bring little kids to Vegas and how to keep Vegas away from your kids and keep your kids away from Vegas. So hopefully everybody wins. Yeah, cool. Um, Chuck, you got anything for us today? Uh, I want to give a sure bet to um, underpants. Um, I think they're really helpful and they're <laughs> they're comfortable. And if you get them in the right size, you know, they can be pleasurable. That's it. Hey, that you know what? Sometimes it's the simplest tips that are the most effective. Yeah, uh, I really. It, I'm not gonna a, just not gonna um, complain about that. It's a new thing for me. Okay, I went, I went a long time without them, and now uh, you know I'm back on them. So right on. It's, right. it's kind of cool. This is the uh, TMI edition of the Sherbet <laughs> segment. Right. Um, I, I don't wear I don't wear my own underpants. Oh, I wear, right. I wear other people's underpants. So I guess, you know, it's up to you how you want to roll, but uh, that's, you know, Chuck's got one way. And if you want to want to go your own way, feel free. Um, I'm going to have to find something fun to link to when I put that up on the website. <laughs> uh, my um, my sure bet today is an iPhone app, I, actually an iPhone and iPad app uh, called Instacast. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of podcasts. And, you know, if you've used an iPhone – Podcast support is in iTunes, but it's not that great. You have to sync with your computer to get new episodes, and it's just you don't, if a podcast has show notes or something, you never see them. It's just not – if you listen to a lot of pod, podcasts, I think you generally find it somewhat lacking. So I use an app called Instacast, which is independent of iTunes, so I don't use iTunes for my podcast at all. Uh, Instacast will go out and you know grab updates to the podcast as they happen. So if you're out on the go and need the latest episode of the Vegas game, you can get it without having to sync your computer. Um, and I really like it. It's really nicely done, well put together, and I would totally recommend it. So if you're a podcast fan and are looking for um, a more advanced way of uh, handling that on your phone, totally recommend Instacast. And it's also on the iPad, though I mostly use it on the iPhone. So go and check it out. Um, okay, great. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks to everyone for being here, and I'll go around the table so you can tell people where they can find you. Uh, Dr. Dave Schwartz, what about you? I'm at dgschwartz.com and Two Way Hard 3 and a couple other places too. Yeah, and also a shout-out to Dave for uh, the, uh, the trip he's award for the best blog because, uh, Dave, you were a massive contributor to that as well. So uh, I think that was mostly Jeff, though. Well, I can <laughs> give a, a public thank you to you anyway and also, of course, you. of course, to Jeff. Thank you. Chuck, where can people find you? People can find me at the Social Security office. Waiting for them to send my check <laughs> in downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> right on. Uh, I, you know what? I can. I'm sort of imagining in my mind what the what the L.A. Social Security office is like. It looks a... like it looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm at ratevegas.com. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.